Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Oh, look at that. Episode number 79. How are you? Welcome to the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. No sponsors today. You guys didn't give any money to the Fisher House, so just know each and every one of you suck. All we ask is you give uh, a couple bucks to the three local Fisher Houses. We'll make you an unofficial sponsor of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. And just think of it, uh, all seven people who download this thing, you will expose your company to, your business to, your YouTube channel, whatever you got going on. If you could please just uh, uh, send a small donation to our friends there. As uh, all the sales of uh, Men's Room Original Red, portion of the proceeds go to the three Fisher Houses. Also, uh, Men's Room Sausage. So we try to give as much money uh, to those fine folks as possible. So if you'd like to make a donation, again, we will make you an unofficial sponsor. And as uh, as we go back in time a lot, uh, we always try to challenge our own Steve the Thrill Hill on what he can remember. Nothing. And what he cannot remember. So Everything. We're going to try this again today. Now, there was a point probably, man, uh, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, where we found out that Ice Cube was coming to town and that he might be available for an interview. Well, at that point in time, uh, you know, Ted's a big Ice Cube fan. We didn't know if we would actually get the interview. Right. And But we still wanted to kind of make it a surprise for Ted because we figured if Ted is standing there and we don't tell him who the special surprise guest is, you know, when Ice Cube walks in the studio, this is going to be an epic moment. And you know what? We were absolutely right. We, I we, do remember that. You do remember that. Yeah, because right? we told him we, we Ice Cube was down the hall, and uh, so before Ted saw him, we said, "Hey, look, one of the guys in the studio doesn't know uh, that you're coming in. He's a very big fan. So when you walk in, if a big white boy jumps on you, just understand what's mm-hmm. happening." And, Cube, and that's exactly what we told him. Cube's like, "Okay, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right." So we got a chance to, and he came in studio. He was awesome, dude. He was, uh, at that point in time, he was up for the role, believe it or not, or he thought he might have a chance for the role of uh, of Mr. T in the 18. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who that that role went who, uh, to. It was Mike, a real big you know. dude. Quentin like, Rampage Jackson. Jackson right. That's who it went to. Bigger dude. Oh, much yes. bigger dude <laughs> than Ice Cube. That's a fact. But either way, he, he was uh, he was doing his solo thing. Uh, I think he was playing one of his uh, iconic albums, like, from front to back, doing that, whatever. Anyway. So, but we've never also uh, had a chance to interview Vanilla Ice, who is another member of the Ice musical family. <laughs> yes, so the Ice musical family. Ice Cube, we've definitely interviewed. Uh, Vanilla Ice, we have not. Can we think of any other Ices out there? Oh, we talked to Ice T. We did talk to Ice T. Do you remember that? Mostly, man. Oh, like, I thought we were going to get you on this one. No, well, the the hint was this. You said the ice musical family. So right. we had to reduce the number of ices available. And so I totally forgot we interviewed Ice-T until you said that. So it's like, I do remember okay. interviewing Ice-T. He so was a cool dude. He's too, a man. really cool dude. And this is way back in the day. So this is going to be an older interview, but we want you to hear it because Ice-T is just a great guy. So we're going to go back in time here on episode number 79 and uh, spend a little time with the one and only Ice-T. Time. Time. Cool. All right, do we need to uh, do we need to beam our satellite somewhere? I think we do. Right. Oh yeah, oh, that's very that's, that's that's a good intro there. It is. I believe it wrote this. Hello, Ice T. Welcome to the program. Hey, what's happening, man? How you doing? How you doing, Ice T? Great to have you. I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, what I'm saying glad to be on your show. Uh, we're glad that you're coming to town. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, it actually has. And you know, we're coming up there with the Rockstar Mayhem Fest. We're gonna have a good time. You know, body counts back. Uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. Uh, well, you're doing so much now. Let, let's talk about some of the numbers. Still doing the podcast? Yeah, yeah, the podcast. A new one just went up. 
Uh, for those people that look, want to check the podcast out, go to icfinallevel.com, or you can get it on um, iTunes. I'm on my 13th episode. They said it wouldn't last, but I'm having a blast. <laughs> now, now there, there, there's, there's two iced teas that everybody knows. We, we, we know the aggressive iced tea. We know the hard yeah. iced tea. And then we know the comedy iced tea. What do you expect yeah. on the podcast? Do you get the comedy side of you there more? Yeah, you get the comedy side. You know, like people saw Ice Loves Coco. I mean, I joke around a lot, you know. Uh, I, I've been known to make aggressive movies. I usually play the heavy on and on television and stuff. But, you know, you can't walk around like that all day. That's not really true life. So I try to use my humor. You know, I got my own dark side of humor. So, yeah, it's on the podcast. And, uh, you know, we have guests, and it's just fun. But it's a kind of a compliment, though. I mean, think about like this as far as the acting world goes. It would be impossible to cast you as anything other than a badass. Like Samuel L. Jackson, Ice-T. <laughs> it's like, there's just certain – because no one would take it serious. I couldn't – you can be funny, but, like, you couldn't be some punk. You just can't look at you and say, like, man, it's just not right. I mean, even your character on the Law & Order, you're kind of the meanest it, dude there. You said Samuel L. Jackson. I really, you know – I believe, you know, I could, you know, I look at Samuel Jackson's roles as kind of like stuff that I would love to do. You know, he's one of my idols. You know, he plays that kind of, you know, old school heavy. So, you know. Uh, You'd have been great. A, snakes yeah, on I a could, plane, I, man. It should have been you. <laughs> I'm telling, I saw I that damn movie. Snakes on a plane. Hey, hey, we can't have all hits every once in a while. Well, you know. hey, okay. <laughs> I'm talking about Deep Blue Sea. All right, well, okay, let me ask you this. Have you been in a hotel room and, uh, I don't know, TBS or somebody's running uh, Electric Boogaloo, uh, Breaking 2? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, me, myself, I like, I look back at that stuff, you know. People love to bring stuff from 30 years up and talk about it. You know, people say, oh, man, look at you and that. I'm like, let me explain something to you. Go get a picture of what you were wearing when your mother took you to see that movie. And I was cooler than you then, too. So. But, that, but, but, that led to New, but that led to New Jack City. And then from there, yeah. you know, that led to everything. Yeah, you know, New Jack City was just because there wasn't enough young black actors at the time to do a, a feature film of that caliber. Wesley had only done Major League. And fortunately, you know, uh, George Jackson and all them, they say, hey, let's, let's give some of these guys a chance they sell in millions of records it might translate to film and it did uh speaking about going back in time uh you were a producer on a, a new documentary that's out portrait of a pimp it was about the legendary chicago pimp iceberg slim yes, and, sir. And, and he wrote a number of books uh back in the day and and now you guys now you produced a movie basically about his life uh, and and he was kind of a strange inspiration for you growing up wasn't he well, yeah, I took my name from Iceberg Slim because when I was in high school, I used to read the books, and I used to quote him, but I never told people who I was quoting. You know, I used to quote him. I'm I'm 16 quoting a 50-year-old pimp, you know, so the girls <laughs> thought I was very heavy, you know. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I was able, you know, I, I became, I took his name. People used to say, yo, say some more of that ice stuff, T, you know, and uh, that's where Ice-T was born, so... You know, once I got a chance to actually talk to Iceberg Slim while he was alive, and I said, well, you know, I named myself after you. And he said, well, who better, baby? You know? <laughs> That's pretty cool. That so that, you cool. know, I got the co-sign from the man. But, you know, it was my way. I believe in paying homage. And nobody got to where they are without inspiration. And so I like to 
I, I'm the kind of person, I want to let you know where I got my inspiration from. It didn't just happen. Well, that's why you know? I go by Iceberg Lettuce, inspired by you, and I rap about vegetables, man. That's okay. That's okay. That's <laughs> why right there. You probably got a big vegan following. You know? <laughs> he, lots of hairy women out there. A lot, yeah. lot of quinoa out there, Ice-T. Uh, <laughs> Mayhem Fest is at White River Amphitheater July 8th. Is there any, uh, do you realize that that is the first day that marijuana will be sold legally in the state of Washington at stores when you guys bring the tour here? Is it strange for you to even think in your lifetime that weed could be legal? And you got a black president when it's happening? Yeah. I, I mean, the black president is crazy, but weed, I don't see why it's been illegal all the time. I don't, I don't see why anything you could grow in your backyard can be illegal. I don't know. That's crazy to me. Well, you but did... I don't know if that's necessarily good for a metal fest. You know, I mean, weed has people lazy. You know, we want people active. So I hope the people just don't nod off during the show. Oh, no, man, no, no. They'll I've be, never been. Be fine. I've never yeah. been to any kind of show where not everybody was high. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, man, you could go see Barry Manilow in the past on the joint it around, is Seattle, man. Yeah, that's yeah. a fact. Yeah, but, you know, Seattle's always a good music city. And, you know, we I've been coming there for years. You know, I'm from L.A., so we always do the whole coast. So I've, I've, I've got a lot of real solid bands up there, so I can't wait to come up there, you know? What do you think of this TMZ crap today? Uh, the video talk ass uh, get shot. You're, <laughs> Stupid. I, it, to me, it's uh, it's you just kind of bashing on the fact that there's a lot of people out there who I, I'm assuming who hide behind the curtain of social media and Twitter and Facebook and say all these disparaging things. They're like, look, if you're going to run your mouth in real life, you're probably going to get punched in the face. That, that was my, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was know, my interpretation of the song. And body count takes it a little further. You know, body count... Body count is hyper-violent, hyper-sexual. It's, it's grindhouse. It's over the top. And it's, it's, it's not real, you know. But, you know, of course, some people, they look at the video, and during the video, you know, more white people are getting it. We grab a black guy, but then it's three white groups of people to get it. And they're like, well, is it racist? And I'm like, nah, the video director brought white people. I mean, I didn't <laughs> decide who the hell to shoot. The video director was white, and he brought his friends. Have they and seen they your wife? Like, I mean, that, the, as soon as they told me this, they're like, man, he's racist. I'm like, have they seen the man's wife? I, I'm going to say racist yeah, probably I, out I, the how window. How stupid are they? I'm the most anti-racist person out there. I've been promoting you know, getting people together for years and years and years. But this is just people that don't really know me. People live off sound bites nowadays. Mm -hmm. And also people look for trouble. They don't look, they don't, they, they look for something. Now TMZ, they're in the business of looking for trouble. So they can't even report on it unless they find controversy in it. But God bless TMZ. You know, they out there, they, you know, uh, they, they talked to me about it. I told them how I felt. I think they even interviewed my video director. He told them the same thing. But people, you know, Ice T, for the record, if I wanted to do a video shooting white people and I didn't like white people, I wouldn't have a problem telling you that. Yeah, you, you know? shoot thousands of them. <laughs> I would tell you that. Right. Well, you know, I'm not going to do no subliminal stuff and then deny it. That's stupid. No, but if people would listen to the lyrics, they would know all along. Like, you don't talk about girls, bitches, whatever. You don't talk about fame and success. You talk about socially conscious issues, and you always have. And it just, but you put it in their face. And if they want to hear it or not, you know, like Pop Bubble. I listened to a little bit of that today. That almost sounded like you were talking about one of your reality shows. But in a real world, you're talking about just how that kind of TMZ animal works, you know, I thought. Yeah, it's, it's also a reflection on hip-hop, you know. I say Obama did eight years because, and y'all singing about bottles and clubs, you know. <laughs> I say that really doesn't make no sense. Most of your fans can't pay their rent. I'm, I'm 
I'm going to always address the issues. The thing of it is, is that people will always try to skirt what I'm saying and create another negative inside of what I'm saying that is positive. Hey, you know what? It doesn't bother me because I've been here. I'm so seasoned in this. I know what's going to happen. And my fans get it. And the haters will do what they do for a living. They'll hate. I think that people should also know that if the name of a band is Body Count, like your expectation should be different than if it's say boys to men. That's all. Thank you. Like it's called people, body count. Like what what did you yeah. think you were going to see? Right. It's like Stephen King. You know, he sells a knife a knife and blood on the front and then you mad because somebody gets killed in the first ten pages. Like you done that <laughs> dummy. I mean, this this is this is Stephen King. Right. I, he doesn't write nursery rhymes. So yeah. You know, I warn you on the way, and I'm standing on the cover of the album with a machete. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you have, obviously, there's a lot of people out there who know you from Law & Order and SUV, and as time goes on. SVU, man. SVU, that's right. As time goes on. They call that a paddy wagon, Law & Order SUV. (laughs) Everybody get in. Uh, They they know you from that. there's 18 year old kids out there who who've never seen you on stage and rapping before, doing your thing with Body Count before. They don't they right. don't know you're a metal band. They don't know anything about Body Count. Uh, is that strange to have? Because even like with 99 Problems, there there are people. There's a lot of people JD's who don't they, they don't know that that's you. Uh, so they go up to you and go like, "Hey, 99 Problems." I'm guessing that that's pretty cool that you covered Jay Z. Or <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how that works. But you got to be like, it's me. Right. Nah, you know what? You know what they say: those who say don't know, and those who know don't say. I I'm just having a blast just to still be around. When you could cross this many generations and still be in the game 20, 30 years later, you gotta reintroduce yourself to other people. But here's some of the good stuff: Black Sabbath had their biggest record ever this year. No, what? Thirteen? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like. You know, if the music is good, you'll transcend those ages. Yeah, of course. I've been on Law and Order 16 years. So if the kid was 18, he was two years old when I started Law and Order. He has no reference point to me in music. But thanks to YouTube, thanks to hip parents, they've been smacking him in the head saying, that ain't hardcore. Listen to IT. You don't know nothing about it. I grew up on NWA. These kids, you know, and so now finally I'm able to give it back to them. And they're like, I get it. I get it. Uh, I, I love it. Speaking of Black Sabbath, trivia question. Do you know the only guest vocalist to ever appear on any Black Sabbath album? The only guest vocalist the Black Sabbath has ever had? I you guess know? I'm I, it's probably that guy that plays on Law & Order, Ice-T. That would be the correct answer, <laughs> yes. That's, that's right. that, uh, and speaking of, of weird things, are you really a f- huge fan of Phil Collins? Actually, yeah. You know, I, I, I like Phil, Phil Collins as a drummer. And, uh, you know, coming in the air tonight, man, I mean, I like Phil Collins. I like a lot of stuff. I, I, I like Genesis. I like I like lots of vibe music. I'm into Sade. I used to listen to uh, Enigma, lots of cool stuff. I mean, you know, you got to clear your palate every once in a while. When you do this hardcore stuff, you got to... Yeah, you know, you, lace it with some Delphonics or something. When you got to Los Angeles, that, that, was the, that was the height of the punk rock scene. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that really was. Yeah. That was when Black Flag was taken off and all those bands. It had to be somewhat inspirational for sure. Uh, with the new one coming out, uh, there's a few different tunes on there. 99 Problems, uh, B.C. Is that a tongue-in-cheek version of 99 Problems, or is, are those the original lyrics? Those are the original lyrics. 
And um, the story to 99 Problems was it was on the Home Invasion album. Uh, Chris Rock, who was a great friend of mine, brought that record to Rick Rubin, who I've worked with Rick Rubin on with Slayer. And he said, uh, Jay-Z should do this record. And Rick pitched it to Jay. Jay liked it. They paid for the publishing and everything. And they basically just used the hook. And Jay-Z changed the bitch into a dog searching his car. And the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Now, you know, here we go. Now, we put ours out 11 years before that. And I actually got the term, I got 99 problems, the bitch ain't one from Brother Marquise from Two Live Crew. So he was on the original one. So when we would do the rehearsals for Body Count, they would always play the licks from Jay-Z's, right? Yo, listen, you know, and I would mess around and say the real lyrics. So when it got down to doing this album, I said, let's put this on the album as a, a sucker punch. Like, we'll catch some journalists out there just not knowing their history. And we put it on there kind of like, you know, I, I start acapella, then all of a sudden here comes the track. And sure enough, couple interviewers said, so, uh, did you have to get permission from Jay-Z? I'm like, go in the bathroom and smack yourself before you... <laughs> hey, I still, you know, growing up, it was you... a booby trap. It's well, a booby trap well, on the album. Growing up, you stole so much stuff. If someone ever, like, sampled a lick or a lyric or anything <laughs> like that, would you be like, all right, it's okay. Right. It's... No, I'm not, you know what? When we first started making rap records, we were sampling crazy. I mean, I was sampling Flavor Flay's voice, Public Enemy, Parliament. I got sued by war. I mean, we didn't really understand sampling and what was, you know, we just thought we was making hip-hop, you know. But me, myself, if I was going to sue somebody, it would have to be a group I really didn't like <laughs> taking my record. Right. You know, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't trip. I'm, but see, the problem is a lot of times groups have publishing deals. So you kind of sold your publishing to Warner Chapel or somebody. Now, they're not as nice. They want the money, sure. you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So Phil Collins covers you. You're down with that. Right. I love Phil Collins. That's my man. I, I, I think he's dope. Yeah, you know? as much stuff as you've covered, I see. I'm, I I think death should be the next thing that uh, that metal band <sighs> yeah, man. out of Detroit, man. If you haven't got a chance to listen, to, that's the closest thing I I've ever heard. I saw a movie on them. I, I saw just, a movie on death. Closest thing I've ever heard to Body Count. It was, was death back in the early seventies mm -hmm. in the, in Detroit, Michigan. Incredible band. Uh, Body yeah. Count Ice D Mayhem Festival, July eighth, the first day that uh, marijuana goes on sale legally <laughs> here in the fine state of Washington. We can't wait to see you, man. Hey, well, you know, thanks for all the fans out there that's going to come support us. Um, you know, we're going to see, you know, it's, it's full combat in the pit when body count's on stage. So bring some band-aids and some neck braces or something for after <laughs> they'll, the show. There'll be, there'll be a few bitches in the pit there. <laughs> My man. Thanks for the support. Yeah, man. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. Double Flush Production.